Yep, it's the Jeremy Webisodes Podcast. Here we go. I missed that. Yeah. Ah. I came in late on that yeah, one. Yeah, you were late. Late to the party. You know what is one of the most infuriating things of all time to slow, me? Slow drivers. Slow drivers are your, are, will piss you off. Mm-hmm. When you're texting someone and then you the texting has gotten too long so you just decide to call them mm-hmm. and then they don't answer. Yeah. Super annoying. You're like... You know what also is annoying. The phone was in your hand. You're texting me. Then I call you. I know you have your phone in your hand. Answer the phone. And I like I also know that you you're not in like a meeting. Who would like do at that? a funeral? Of course. Who who would do that? You. All the time. I'm well, constantly texting you and then I call you and then you don't answer. What was the point? Did we not get everything clear on the text chain? No. Hence. We'll call first. Stop, don't just don't text. Right, go straight for the call or text and say call me. Listen, I find it extremely. I don't do that. By the way, Jeremy's completely over exaggerating. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. In case you're stumbling in on our conversation of love and mutual admiration, right? This is in fact the Jeremy Webisodes podcast, Webisode number forty-six, recorded June 9th in the year two thousand twenty-one. And the lava lamp is, in fact, burning brightly just over my shoulder as a beacon for all the lost souls in the world. May they find their way home. And hopefully someday, Josh will find his cell phone. Because you call, he just won't answer the damn thing. What do you think of the text message? Is fan, it a good a thing? Fan. Is it great? Versus actual communication? I mean, yeah. I've found myself to uh, talk to someone, get in a fight, fight, make up. All over text messages. Yeah, that's the only downside of text messages. You you can't get like intent or infle- you miss a lot of the, you know, inflection. Is inflection, that what you're gonna say? Yeah. yeah, nuance. Like if you're saying something sarcastically and suddenly they're pissed, you're like, ah, come right. On. And if you miss like a comma or semicolon, something could be taken way differently than how you meant it. Yeah. And my ch- chub fingers, I can't spell. I can't get through one text message no, without blowing the spell. the worst. The other thing that you do that's extremely annoying in the world of texting is when you ask someone a question and then they text you back and they don't in any way reference the question that you just posed to them, right? You'll say, Joss, hey, man, what's going on? Do you want to come over tonight? And he'll text you back, I just had the best fried chicken I've ever <laughs> had in my entire life. And you're like, that's yeah, no, true. but I really, really need to know if you're capable of picking up the thing before you show up to the podcast. Oh uh, yeah, uh, you... Lindsay is working late. <laughs> it's like what? I don't know what that means. I also find that That's frustrating. True. I do do that sometimes. I think I, I do find that frustrating. I just find it weird that you find it frustrating because you have one of the weirdest phone habits ever. Like I just, you just never know. Hello? Wanna have a little fun? You guys wanna drink a little bit? Sure. I figured it's been a while since we pulled the cork on a bottle. 
So tonight we're going to drink a Michter's Small Batch Bourbon. Mm. This is batch number 21C969. Oh. This is a good old Kentucky straight. Michter's was established in 1753. This is mm. one of the oldest operating distilleries in the United States. Um, they call this a revolutionary war style. Mm. Wow. Means uh, if you're if you get gangrene, they just pour right. some of this on it. Right, some like metal fragments in there. Ooh, what year? Seventeen fifty-three. Jeez, that's pre. That's twenty years before the Revolutionary War. Yeah, this is a. Uh, it's cool. It's is a, this bottle that old? The bottle is not. Oh. Okay. Um. Well, we know it's Ooh. over four years old. Oh, it's very clean smell. Small batch. Ooh. Ooh? Little pepper. I, I, I think it's a... You went... For, that was a good ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's alcohol. He doesn't have a bad ooh. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm going in. I mean, I'll drink Goldschlager. With breakfast. Oh, delish. Right to the nose. Very peppery. Clean the sinuses out. Ooh, but very nice. Smooth. And again, that first sip's always going to clean the nose hairs out a little mm. bit, right? Well, that's a good thing. This is what... This I, need, is I need a little cleaning out. Proof we got on this <clears throat> is... like I'm guessing 86. Right on the number? Yeah. It doesn't seem very harsh. 91.4. Ah. That was so my it's next not over guest. 100, right? right? It's yeah. not one of those super That is high. absolutely delicious. It's right in the perfect range. And in fact, Michter's, um, one of the things that they do that they're proud of and they say makes a better product is their barreling strength, what they put their product in the barrel at to age. The industry standard is that it has to be under 125 proof to be called bourbon. Mm -hmm. So the majority of the distillers put it in the barrel at 125 proof mm -hmm. because then you lose a little. You, you're going to lose some. Plus, the higher the proof, the more bottles. Mm -hmm. Right? If you want to bring it down to something in a, a lower range, um, if you were starting 125 proof, you're very rarely going to bottle at 125 proof. Yeah. So you get a whole lot more bottles out of a very high proof alcohol because you can cut it with more water. What Michter's does is they bottle at like 104, I believe. Mm. And they say that that lower barreling proof um, allows the sugars from the oak and everything to uh, you know, dissolve in a better way and giving a, a full, you know, the, more of that oak, so more cinnamon, more vanilla, mm -hmm. and a better mouthfeel is their philosophy. They also, we've talked in the past about um, uh, charring and toasting. toasting. They do both. Mm. They get that red line in their staves, which is that, you know, middle line, and um, they create uh, a fantastic product with a, a lower barrel proof and uh, and a toast and a char and uh, I mean it makes sense why uh, you know you don't put the most like the most you know what if, if you're straight you know per pure alcohol in there it's gonna cut you know any any of the part of the wood in there that it can dissolve and all that and cut more but that may not be the desired effect you want 
maybe uh, maybe a slower bleed into the alcohol is better and maybe a higher water content you know down to a 104 versus a 125 maybe that allows that slower that process to be slower right maybe, maybe that you're maybe you're finding exactly and that's another thing that Michter's does they they say that they don't have a one size fits all approach to any of their whiskeys so and 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 you've got to allow for that as a distiller you know would you i like a hot bourbon right mm-hmm. so i'm i'm you know all about like barrel proof hot bourbon i like Jack the idea of taking see. it right out of the barrel and putting it in the bottle um but maybe you find that you 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 add a little cut water mm-hmm. and you bring the proof down and you get a more superior product you get you can taste more it opens it up in a certain way is like you've talked in the past yeah. drinking whiskey you put a couple drops in it it changes it completely so maybe you find that the cut um, instead of you know what you would be inclined to think that it's diluting the product, maybe yeah. you find that it's it's enhancing it in a in a in a certain way. Um, and so the other thing that they do differently for every one of their whiskeys is they chill filter, <clears throat> but they don't um, as opposed to like in Tennessee where they where they carbon filter or charcoal mm-hmm. filter, which a lot of people think removes a lot of the grain flavor and it takes away a lot of the character. Chill filtering does way less of that, and you do that with like plates and and little membranes. Mm-hmm. And Michter's even tailors their chill filtering process to their whiskeys. They don't always use the exact same plate membrane setup. They experiment to find the nuances and what plate you know what what kind of chill filter setup I mean, works the best for that product. I mean, if I it works, cool. if it works for Coors Light. You know, the yeah, chill always you know, cold filtered. A, a few things to note here. One, when we look back on Friday and listen to this, that's by far the most intelligent thing Ryan. Like Ryan talked like he was the smartest kid in the room wow. with bourbon. Two, tonight's the night that you're going to talk the most. Yeah. You came out firing tonight. Oops. And Oops. drinking. He's like, Maybe that's why. Oh, I mean... Here's another Hello, thing. Hello, Ryan Hatch. <laughs> Buenos noches. <laughs> Why we're talking about it, why do you chill filter? Why did I turn my mic down? That's another uh-huh. question we would like to ask mm. each other. Why do you chill filter? Why? Because there is something that happens when, you, uh, when you're dealing with liquids and you have a bunch of um, undissolved solids or dissolved solids floating around in that liquid when you get extreme temperature changes what you tends to happen is those solids kind of gather and you end up getting a foggy or like a murky look in your alcohol which is something that's not necessarily very marketable right you have this really nice looking whiskey or vodka or something and then you um, and it happens because of the the mixture between water and alcohol. So it specifically happens in alcohols that you cut with water. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen in pure alcohol. So like a barrel proof, you wouldn't have to be worried about it. Really, really high proof stuff, you don't have to worry about it. But if you start at a high proof, like a 125, and then you bring it all the way down to 80, 84, what tends to happen is then when that gets cold, you bring it from a warm room into a cold room, it'll get cloudy in the bottle. Which 
it's not a bad thing and it doesn't change the flavor, but for the consumer, it's not necessarily marketable. It doesn't look awesome to have this like cloudy and whiskey so you, milkshake. Right. So you <laughs> so people chill filter for that reason. It it takes mm. it, it makes it so it doesn't get cloudy when, when you change temperatures. So, so what's the what's the filter medium on a chill filter? It's not just obviously making it cold. No, no, no. There, there's membranes. There's yeah. these little like paper mem- okay. membranes, and you use a series of them. So what I'm thinking is, you know, as temperature changes, they're almost in, like coffee filters. Molecules expand and contract. Um, water is one that, as it heats and as it cools, it expands, which is a rare for uh, any material. Materials usually expand with heat and contract with cold. So I'm wondering if having the contraction going through those, it's pulling some of those less desirable. It's the minerals. Elements. Mainly yeah. it's minerals. That, that, that pulls them together, and then they can't make it through the filter, and yeah. so that takes those out. Right, exactly. Okay. They chill it to cause that effect to happen. They yeah. cause the molecules to want to bunch together, and yeah, and then it's much easier to collect. And I'd wonder, you know, I bet if you did the kind of a very similar thing with heat, you would essentially, what would you do? I think you'd actually take away some of the um, kind of jet fuel taste because you're expanding it has more surface area especially even if you ran it over charcoal right i would be very very hesitant and... to run it over heat because yeah. anytime you're yeah losing alcohol you're losing, you're losing money yeah. yeah no no i'm just thinking i was just thinking conceptually like you know if you did that what would be the downside well yeah you could be giving it more surface area and the more surface area the less heat you could still be losing <laughs> alcohol yeah let's not lose alcohol no Let's gain alcohol. Let's gain alcohol. So another thing that Michter's does. No pass. Which is um, not necessarily something that's done industry-wide, is they, um, and something we've talked about before, what causes the alcohol to gain the flavor from the oak is temperature change. Again, Mm -hmm. you want the temperature to fluctuate, and that forces the alcohol in and out of the oak makes the wood breathe right and every time it does that it's get it's getting color it's getting flavor mm. so the more often you can create those temperature fluctuations the more in and out you get the more flavor the quicker all of that and that's what people try to do with mm-hmm. all sorts of speed aging right mm-hmm. well mictors in their rick houses they do these temperature fluctuations mm. with the use of like heaters and air conditioners mm. and it's not unheard of even the big open rick houses back in the day the guys would would like like light fires or like you know blow hot air in whatever they way they could to create temperature fluctuation mm-hmm. um but yeah mictors does it in big temperature controlled warehouses yeah which is extremely expensive to do when you think of the size of warehouse we're talking about yeah. to compete you know, change you, it a lot. A lot. Yes. I mean, you think of like if anyone has a swimming pool, when you first flip on your swimming pool heater, that first heating of the pool is extremely expensive because there's all of that yeah. temp volume, critical uh, mass, critical mass, exactly. So th- when you're ch- trying to change the entire critical mass of a huge rickhouse full of whiskey, you can, you know, I mean, it's very expensive, but they have found that it creates a superior product and they back it so they're willing to spend the money to do it. On the back of the bottle, it says they're they're um, made in white oak barrels. It says... All bourbon. Josh, right? You're you're aware of that. Right. All bourbon is is aged in white oak barrels. Yes. 
What's the difference? Like, what if it was made in brown oak barrels? Right. Or seriously, you I mean, don't you don't remember this conversation from about four or five weeks ago? Uh, where do you go between weeks? Or where are you right now? Really, I guess is the question. <laughs> <laughs> so certain woods are not dense enough to hold alcohol or to hold any kind of liquid. Like balsa wood, probably which, no good. Which is ex- literally exactly the wood <laughs> that we based the conversation on four right. or five so, weeks so ago. So I'm right on it. Yeah, Balsa wood, you couldn't make a barrel out of it, right? Pine. Pine has sap, which right. is going to create a flavor in, in your alcohol, and, and you, you don't want... You don't want that. Eucalyptus. Again, poisonous. Okay, so that's out. Right. Uke is out. American oak, white American oak, red oak. So in um, there's stories of these coopers in Jamaica and in the Caribbean building barrels, filling them with rum, and shipping them to the United States. And out of like 24 barrels, there were... Um, maybe a handful of them that were made with red oak and they were essentially empty by the time they got to the States, which is just one of the ways, again, most of this stuff was, was just a happy accident. That's how they learned. They were shipping white rum and shipping white dog in the oak barrels. And then by the time it got here, it was a completely different product. That's how they learned how to do it. They weren't, they didn't know to age alcohol in barrels. They figured out, Oh my God, alcohol ages in barrels. And at the same time, they figured out that would age in certain barrels and leak and evaporate out of other barrels. Um, red Oak doesn't hold fluid, doesn't hold liquid. White Oak does. So that's why certain woods won't, won't hold it. Like a weeping willow. Can that tree hold it? Did you just have to Google weeping willow? No. How about a sycamore? Maybe sycamore. I'm not sure. I mean, sure. I wonder. I just wonder how many different kinds of trees were experimented on before they landed on this. Probably a lot. A lot. White oak is the best, and the reason we know that is because every... 300 years of drinking. Well, yeah, and Every kind of alcohol made is stored in white white oak barrels. Wine, bourbon, and then everybody else uses used bourbon barrels. So tequila, right. everybody else. And those are all white oak barrels. Well, yeah. this 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 um this group of fine young and elderly men and women are doing a great job because I think this is one of the best things we've drank in two months so you're liking the mictors huge industry. i will tell you that I love the mictors color too. is probably in my top three yeah bourbons uh and little piece of knowledge uh no that's not true i was gonna lie i was gonna say the cork pull on the show is a is a mictors bottle it's not the cork pull does anybody know what the cork pull at the beginning of the show is what kind of bottle that is wild turkey yes wild turkey good job ryan you must be on the show. Mm-hmm. I'm not. The color is a, is beautiful. It's dark. It seems like a little bit darker than some of the others. Right. I would think that that would be uh, both because of the um, level. Well, three reasons: the level of char, the level of toast, and then the the temperature thing that they're doing to it, where they're creating more more breathing, more suck. What? 
Excuse please. Yeah, the artificial temperature fluctuation that they create yeah. is well, is creating a darker you product. Want to talk about the, and I'm sure this happens a ton, but the, let's call it. There's four of the most basic temperature changes, you know, a year. That's the seasons changing. You know, you're getting a little bit of a fluctuation to things. Now, there's probably the fluctuations of just daytime and nighttime. Um, you know, that that so you have one a day, you know, two two fluctuations a day plus four general larger fluctuations a year. You know, that starts to add up. So then you start controlling it probably the opposite direction that it seasonally would want to go. You can probably put some a decent amount of fluctuation in there. Here's the reason that doing it artificially like that is kind of expensive and kind of risky. Firstly, you're doing it with air conditioning and heating, so you got a big electric bill or, mm-hmm. or you know, uh, natural gas bill or whatever you're using to do that with, both probably. Mm-hmm. Plus, the more often that you do that, the more often that you raise the temperature, the more angel share you're going to create, the more yeah. evaporation you're going to create, which is loss, and that's yeah. money. In the game of alcohol, every drop, every cent is is money. And the higher the proof, I mean, those that's that's more drops, right? When we're talking about the juice, it's obviously not the water that you're charging for, right? It's the it's the the alcohol. So that's is, where all the money is. Is the juice is. worth the squeeze? <laughs> right. Well, that's that's literally the question that they're asking themselves. Yeah. Is the juice worth the squeeze? If we create this squeeze. More often, by fluctuating the temperature artificially, is it worth it? Is it worth paying the higher electric bill? Is it worth the loss? And they think it is. We get this beautiful dark color. I wonder um, if there's a humidity aspect to it also. Do they, if you air condition something, which typically pulls humidity out of the air, um, to me that would dry out the barrel from the outside in, you might get more loss. So do you keep it humid so that the all the pores of that are full? But then does that take away from the amount it can absorb during these f- temperature fluctuations? Absolutely. I guarantee you that there that is another method that is used. Mm-hmm. When people are trying to artificially create temperature fluctuations, steam has definitely been used. It just flood the entire rickhouse with steam mm-hmm. because you're going to get moisture, moisture without uh, as much evaporation. So you're going to get the suck without as much loss. Mm-hmm. So all of that. I mean, there's all the little nuances and all the little things that you can do to enhance your product. Even though, like we've spoken about before, the, the, the mash bill or the recipe is all essentially the same or very, very close. It's what, all the other little things that you're yeah. doing. What does this one go for? $44, $45 bottle. Jeez, that's, that's not so a bad. great price for that flavor. Right. And yet another one. I mean, I just love that. You're not. This isn't something over the Coke. Club soda. No, this is like a, another one that's just so much better. Neat. I agree. On that note, talk about neat. You want to know something neat? What's neat? Coach Baseball sent us something. That's what's. What did he send? Something super neat. No, I think, I think what you were hinting at before, you said super meat. It is meat. Oh. 
he really kind of swung for the you know to keep the whole coach yeah, big swung one. Kind of swung for the fences on this one. Hmm. It is the. I'm gonna be honest. This is maybe the most out there one he's sent so far, including uh, yogurt soda. Including yogurt soda. Ooh. Oh, why do you keep bringing it up? I, I went to therapy to get that out of my. I head. just threw up in my mouth a little. Ugh. What is that? It looks gross. Hoghead cheese. <laughs> if you just called it pate, we'd be fine. Right. Liverwurst. What's liverwurst? Hoghead cheese. It's a lot like it's a it's like a, it's a terrine. Yeah. But it's not a cheese, is it, Jer? It's there's no, no dairy in there's it. It's not a cheese. It's not It's a mostly cheese. hoghead. Right. Not a lot of actual cheese. So it's not like I'm You gonna... can eat it with cheese. But it's not cheese. I'm not having like a slice of American cheese. No, the, let me see if I can get the ingredients off. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't do that I, before we try it. You have to do that after we try it. Pork skin is the it's number great. one. Great. Right? Oh, here, you're making it even sound even better. Pork tongues. We're dipping pork here. Pork hearts. That's getting worse. Are those in the head? Pork livers. Oh, my gosh. Some MSG. Some paprika. I mean, it doesn't I sound know. all that bad. I don't think it sounds good at all. You love hearts and livers? You MSG. love liverwurst. I mean, I love liverwurst. The hearts got to me. The pork skin. If you just went pork skin and what paprika. If I, just, if I just told you this was liverwurst, you would have been fine with it. Well, it's you a, did it. It's a terrine of foie gras. <laughs> this is not foie gras. <laughs> Porky foie. Do they even make foie gras anymore? Yes. Isn't that yes. liver, like baby duck liver? I think it's what it is, right? No. It's definitely not baby duck liver. It's baby fattened goose liver. That's right. That's right. They force feed them. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Okay. So I'm breaking into it. uh, This is Manda. mm. See what we can get on Manda Hogshead cheese here. The fact that cheese is used in a different way yeah. than an actual cheese is frightening. Manda Why is it called fine meats? Mm. Hoghead cheese, oh, original it's a... hoghead cheese. Flavor says it all. Is the is the slogan? Why did he send us hoghead cheese? It's Cajun charcuterie. Oh. To make this Louisiana delight. Pork skins, pork, and sautéed vegetables are passed through a grinder, then cooled in cheese-shaped loaves. Mm. That's Oof. where the cheese comes from. It's cheese-shaped. Loaf. Yeah, it's a loaf. But you went loave. loaves. Loaves is how they do it. Okay, it's got oh, it's a out. nice... Gelatinous look it to it. doesn't smell bad. Give me a cracker. What do we got? We got little Melba toasts or something? A little toasts. Ryan Some, brought uh, a... Assortment of crackers. Wait. It's sitting in that bowl. <laughs> Looking at you. No. It's d- discolored. It it's, has one color on one side of it and a different color on the other side of it. It looks like Fancy Feast. It does. It, it does. It looks like cat food. It looks exactly like Fancy Feast. Which actually makes it more appealing <sighs> By the way, baseball, me. you know, you were just getting on my... Hey, he says a couple good things there. Well, I'm not going first. We're going to go it's at the same time. It has a horrific texture to it. 
It's cheese-like. It's got it's a very cheese-like cheese -like. texture. So this is just like like a Monterey Jack. Right. Made out of boiled pig's head. I'm going to try it. I thought you already didn't. You didn't yet? Mm -mm. What if I was to tell you it's super bland? Okay. I'll take bland. Right? I just went right for it. Um, I'm not getting a whole lot of... Like, I would way rather have a piece of Spam. Why is it so many different colors? I mean, it looks like Spam. But I would way rather have Spam or like a potted ham. This is kind of... I won't even go into what a potted ham is. This actually has more vegetable taste than meat taste. Yeah. I get the paprika. I mean... It's really no different than a hot dog. Oh my god, it's absolutely horrible. horrible. It's no different than a hot dog. Oh, yes it is. Come on. I think a hot dog has way more flavor. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh. The only thing that keeps me from throwing it up is that you do get the paprika. But I'm telling you, buddy, that is no soap. <laughs> what the fuck is no soap? And how about that texture? It's like eating a a racquetball. Which is hilarious from a guy that loves liverwurst. But it doesn't taste like liverwurst. No, I would way rather have liverwurst. Yeah, okay, so at least we agree with that. So, hogshead cheese, oh. traditionally made with an aspic, okay? Most often, oh aspic God. is made with gelatin, right? So this is a gelatin-based Simon a bite. Simon thing. has to have a bite. And the gelatin has no flavor, yeah, right? I mean, that's what it tastes like. It tastes like a, a, a bland meat jello mold. Brian's going in for number two. I'm not. I have I'm not either. I'm done with the, I'm done with the, meat, the, the head cheese. It's not, no, here's the thing. It's not bad. The, like, the, the, the milk Soda. I mean, we've had some bad yeah. stuff on the show. This is just not good. Yeah. So it's bad. <laughs> I just think it's not good. Like once again, I would way rather have spam oh, yeah. or like oh, a like a close. red devil potted ham or something. You know? Let me have one of those pickles. Why is it gray in one quadrant? Chase it with a pickle because that's where there's more head. There's more head in that quadrant. I want more cheese. Uh -huh. You know, those long crackers with the sea salt. Kind of bring it out a little bit. Oh, you got me. Now please. that is good. Yeah. I picked up some local pickled uh, carrots at the Tribuco. Who had any idea that the little Tribuco market did all their own pickle? They have like salad dressings, all sorts of stuff in there. These are money. Yeah, those are pretty good. Pickled carrots. Way better than the head cheese. Yeah. And they really what taste is the, the flavor. What is the function of this? Like, is this, you put this as a sandwich? Do you eat this on crackers? Exactly, it, exactly a, like you would eat any other terrine. Exactly like you would eat liverwurst. So, you eat it on crackers, you eat it on a sandwich. Oh, Here's another God. thing. I have had really good head cheese. The Electric City Butcher up in Santa Ana makes great head cheese. I mean, it tastes like, kind of like liverwurst. Um... They also don't use gelatin in their aspic. Mm. They just use the natural collagen from boiling a pig's head. I think I had a heart bite. <laughs> I had more well, I would heart. say my, my biggest complaint about this head cheese is just kind of flavorless. It's got bad texture. It's got a yeah. super gelatiny kind well, of rubbery texture and not a lot of flavor. What's its intended temperature of serving? Cold. Okay. Well, yeah. it's not cold. How long has it been out? I just Ten took minutes. it out of the fridge. Yeah. It is cold. 
It came in broken? a. It came in a <laughs> in an uh, ice pack. Yeah. Bag. Oh my god! This came from across the country. Yeah. <sighs> it was still oh it was still cold god. when he got here. Yeah. <laughs> when did it get here? Yeah, a week ago. <laughs> this isn't. This is not. This is a fail. This is not a good one. <laughs> Survey says. And if I just, was, what's the name of that? Staring at me. It's just there. What's the name of the current guy on Family Feud with the huge teeth? Steve Harvey. Yeah. If I was Steve Harvey, I'd say. Survey s- says. Eh. This is a miss, Coach. Name a cheese you'd serve at a party. Yeah. Um. Head. Head. Eh. Survey says. Yeah. Uh, Gouda. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Hey, this ain't that Gouda. Let me no, just put it that no, way. Data. I'm going to save this for my man Chago. Away <laughs> from me. Oh. Wow. And the presentation, chair was great. Paper plate, plastic spoon. Spoon. <laughs> spoon. I mean, in the world of charcuterie, this truly is the liver worst. <laughs> we tried it twice. <laughs> You know what I think? Uh, had you just put a piece on a cracker for Joss, and he didn't have to cut it himself, I think he would have gotten. It would have bought him another second. The spoon isn't the move when the, when you're cutting through like a rubber ball. <laughs> like a spoon isn't the way to do it. I mean that. The, I mean, let's let's not eat it anymore. How about Braunschweiger? Have you ever had that? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. yeah. It's very similar to liverwurst. Yeah, if you're going to eat that and you're going to tell me that you, you think head cheese. Well, I mean, is... for another gross one like from the East Coast, I've, I love Scrapple. I I, I sort of know what's in that. I, I never want to know completely what's in it, but it's good. I make mine with livers and... Butthole. Yeah, no, livers, sausage, and cornmeal. Oops. It's essentially cornmeal mush with, like, livers mm. and sausage in it. I love Scrapple. Then you fry it. Yeah, fry it. Crispy parts. And butter. Oh, yeah. Mix it with eggs, some scrambled eggs. A lot of people use pig liver. I use chicken livers in my scrapple. I use pig sausage and chicken livers and cornmeal. Really yummy, kids. Nice. Very uh, low fat. Oh, very. Eat it with a little Great bit of for the uh, cholesterol. maple syrup. Right, some Bacon ca- on some a biscuit. Kerrygold to Woo! get that thing <laughs> I'm mildly too messy. <laughs> this is the news. With Joss McGinty. Hard hitting. Global. And other stuff. Jer, I think we got some news. And hot off the press at that. I mean. You asked me for. Jer asked me to get a couple news stories, which I have, and maybe we'll go into one, but. We found a breaking story tonight that rattled us to the core. The reason I think this one is so relevant is because it hits so close to home, right? I spent over 40 minutes tonight trying to order chicken wings for the show, right? I was, we, we always break bread before the show. I, you know, I agonize week after week oh, how to, to keep it fresh, <laughs> And I was like, tonight, maybe we'll go back to chicken wings. I was just going to order a buttload of yeah. chicken wings, right? <laughs> we have a an assortment of hot sauces in, in the house. That, you know, I thought we could just kind of roll through the hot sauces, just get kind of wild. Could not find a place to deliver chicken wings. I was Nary a wing. 
I was going to order from Buffalo Wild Wings right across the street. Yeah. And all they had was boneless wings and cauliflower wings. I mean, are you kidding me? Well, cauliflower wings? Yeah. Well, we're just going to go right through that. What they were calling them. Jesus. So I was like, what in the world? I could not get, it was, it was freaking me out. I was in here, I don't know if you heard me, but I'm in the office like yelling <laughs> to myself about the fact that I couldn't order a wing. Well, I got online. So I type in chicken wing shortage. The very first thing that pops up, Fox Business, chicken wing shortage grips America. <laughs> grips. Although, yeah, grips. Like, Rips America. Is that like the toilet paper shortage? Because I hadn't heard about it until I got here. And, and the, the Grips America makes it feel like I should have known already. Yeah. Right, well, absolutely. We cannot supply enough wings to anybody is wow. the catchphrase at the top of the article. Soaring demand for chicken wings has resulted in wing shortages across America, according to the third largest poultry producer in, in the country. Hmm. Laurel, Mississippi-based Sanderson Farms said it does not have enough supply to keep up with demand despite, despite recently picking up 40 million pounds. Wow. We cannot supply enough wings to anybody at retail or at food services, the guy says. The company plans to allocate wings to make sure allocate wings Al to allocate. make sure everybody gets some. So they're, they're going to start Doling them out so that we all get our wing. Using words like allocate and gripping, I, this is a national disaster. Yeah. How did we allow this to happen? You don't throw these words out. No. This is Someone Fox needs business. to be fired. Wing shortages are the latest problem to plague poultry producers <laughs> who have struggled to keep up with demand that has skyrocketed with the reopening of the economy. I mean, and let's, that, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's as simple as Bars are reopening. People are going back out again, and everybody wants a goddamn chicken wing. And you know what? When the rubber hits the road, so do we. What do people want? A chicken, chicken wing. wing. They just want to go out and have a buffalo wing and a beer with their bros. Jeremy and I and Ryan have been saying this since we did this the first time. Nobody can dislike a wing. And now that we are allowed to go to restaurants again, goddammit. Now that we're allowed to go to restaurants again. Wow, he got a little clamped. Preach, brother. I now love that the we're passion. To go to restaurants again. People want their wings. I don't care if you're a if I don't care if you like a club or a flat. Mm -hmm. It's flat. 100%. It's it's clearly flat. I mean, I mean, right, unless okay. you're weird, but right. unless you eat ketchup on your <laughs> <Yeah>. eggs. But <laughs> other than that, whatever you want, whatever blows your skirt up, just give me my chicken wing. You should have seen Jeremy. Like, he, he was almost like in a panic mode about not finding a chicken wing. Because when you get your mind set on something. Oh, especially you, a chicken wing. And when it's in your head and you, t you, you close your eyes and taste it and then can't get it. I was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was furious. Boneless chicken breast prices have climbed even. Hmm. 236%. Wow. Stop people, allocating. Just up the price and make them available. People want their tendies. <laughs> right. But uh, Chick-fil-A is doing fine. They don't Who have knows? a wing, though, do they? See? Yeah. See, that's it's the a thing. Wing is, thing. It's a wing thing. It's not necessarily an overall poultry shortage. It's 
it seems to be specifically the wing. It's focused on the wing. Which is funny because there was a time when that was a part of the chicken that nobody ate. They were discarded until the wing was discovered and invented in, you know, where the... It's not Buffalo, is it? It is. It is Buffalo? It's at a little bar called Anchor Bar in Buffalo, New York. And uh, the owner's son came in one night drunk with some friends and was like, Mom, whip us up something in the back. And all they had left was the the wings and tips they were going to throw away anyway from dressing out the the full chickens. And uh, she threw them in the deep fryer and and tossed them in some hot sauce and served them with some salad dressing and boom. I have been to the Anchor Bar in Buffalo, New York with a buddy of mine. We ordered 100 wings between the two of us. Jesus. And then proceeded to eat them over the course of the f- next four or five days. Right. We just we were on a road trip and we just kept them in the back of the car and it was midwinter, mm. so it always just stayed really really cold. So we didn't feel the need to refrigerate them. That's great for beer, also. Yeah, so we always had cold beer and wings in the back of the car, and we drove. You know, we did Buffalo, we did Niagara, mm. and everywhere we went, we were just mowing these wings. Because let's be honest, I mean, we got as far as we could through the hundred wings, the two of us. But on my best day, I think I can only do, like, maybe 30. Uh, I've seen you eat more than 30 wings. Well, I mean, if I really had On your best day? On my worst day, (laughs) I can maybe eat 50. (laughs) There's just something special about a wing. It's comforting. It's warming. It's inviting. I like a wing. It's social. The different sauces. I mean, I'm a, tra- I'm certainly the traditional guy first, but I'll dip into the realm of other sauces. Lemon pepper. It's not even a sauce. Habanero, or not even a sauce, but whatever you know. I'll go dry. Flavors. Hard segue. Talking about eating a lot. <laughs> this one caught my eye. Okay. Woman eats three seventy-two ounce steaks in twenty minutes. That's wow. not a possibility. There's no possibility of Let it. me reread that to you just so you can really garner exactly what I said What's there. What's the world record? That. <laughs> Woman eats three 72-ounce steaks. All right. I, I got a technicality. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. Wait. Here's the thing. Yeah. That's not it. Okay. Here, let me. This, is from, this one is from CNN. It didn't seem like a fair fight. I'm just going to read it verbatim because they wrote it pretty well. It didn't seem like a fair fight. On one side were hulking football players and pro wrestlers competing as teams of two to eat as many pounds of steak as they could combined in one hour. On the other was a lone 124-pound mother of four. And sure enough, in the end, Sunday's contest at Big Texan Steak Ranch in Amarillo, Texas, wasn't even close. Molly Shui... Shui, I don't know. (laughs) Don't get that one wrong. I'm going to butcher her name. Molly Shuyler scarfed down three 72-ounce steaks, three baked potatoes, three side salads, three rolls, and three shrimp cocktails. Wow. So not only the steaks, so no, the gotta, sides, just gotta, the rolls. Now is that? I mean, just three side salads. Yeah. I don't. I mean, now here's the thing: it, it boggles the mind. Were those bone in? 
Like that's like, did she not eat? I mean, it's seventy-two ounce steak. So that's more than thirteen pounds of steak. How can that? You can't get that in your body. Not counting the sides. And she did it all in twenty minutes. There's absolutely no way that happened. Seriously, there's no way that happened. We've been doing the contest since nineteen (laughs) sixty. And in all that time, we've never had anybody come in to actually eat that many steaks at one time, said Bobby Lee, who owns the big Texan steakhouse. So this is the first for us, and after 55 years of it, it's a big deal. And she said... Where's the bathroom? Could she talk? She said she came in in a hoodie. She ate the whole thing, and at the very end, she said... Do you have extra soft or extra strong? Maalox. Please. So her feet will be submitted to the Guinness Book of World Records. And she said most of all, she was just happy that it was free. It's free, so I'm pretty happy about that, she told CNN. Otherwise, it would have cost me about 300 bucks. Wow. So it was more of a financial gain for her. Well, here's the thing. Windfall. Windfall. (laughs) Here's the thing. Little Molly Schuyler. We're just going with Schuyler now, huh? It, I mean, it, it, I don't know how you spell it. I mean, I don't know how you... S-C-H-U. I don't know exactly, like, how to pronounce it. S-C-H-U-Y-L-E-R. Mm. Schuyler. Okay? Here's the thing. She's just no regular mother of 129 oh, pounds. She's a, deep... a professional eater. Here we go. Right? She came on the scene in August 2012 when she became the first woman to complete the Stellinator, a food challenge at Stella's Bar and Grill in Bellevue, Nebraska. First of all, who knew there were all these like food challenges out there and all these obscure bars well, and stuff across? Man versus food started that. I guess yeah, he he you know he capitalized Adam's- on that. Sandberg <laughs> um, the Stellinator sandwich includes six hamburger patties, six eggs, six pieces of cheese, and six pieces of bacon topped with fried onions, jalapenos, lettuce, tomatoes, pickles, two buns, and mayonnaise. And she just dropped the thing. Go on. Set the record yeah. in 2012. Wow. She also became the first woman in 2012 to attempt the Sinful Burgers Goliath Challenge in Bellevue, Nebraska. So Bellevue. Uh, hotbed. Hotbed for eating challenges. <laughs> they must have a great cardio wing. Yeah. The Goliath Challenge is five pounds of food that includes two 1.5-pound hamburgers topped with 10 slices of cheese, lettuce, tomatoes, and onions between two large pieces of Indian fry bread with a one-pound side of French fries. Yeah, but this woman just ate how, how many pounds of steak? I mean, she, she can put she, it 13. away. 13. 13. Two and a half times. Listen to this one. Schuler and her friend did a team challenge at, in Danforth. Wait. Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, Schuler and her friend Tyler Danforth challenged the Big Joe Pizza at Frank's Pizzeria in Nebraska. Housed that thing in 28 minutes. The Big Joe is 12 pounds of pizza. Four pounds of crust, two pounds of cheese, two pounds of pepperoni, two pounds of sausage, and 26 ounces of sauce. And they ate the thing in 28 minutes. Now, here's the question I got to ask you guys. 
when this chick eats 72 ounces of steak, three baked potatoes, three salads, and a shrimp cock, and tops with the shrimp cock, though. First of all, you kind of got to wonder what order she goes in. Because yeah. there's got to be some strategy there. Right? Of course. There or do you spread be. it out to keep your taste I think, buds? I think you spread it out. I think you do. Very interesting. The three baked potatoes alone yeah. are a real, yeah. you know, that's a hurdle in and of itself. I would guess you mash the potatoes in with the steak. Well, I mean, some there. of these professional eaters, it's not at all about eating or, or enjoying no. the experience. It's like we talked about in. that before. They're dipping stuff in water and sucking yeah, it down. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of a gross thing, which leads me to my next question. Mm-hmm. And we kind of already kind of went there. Would you eat 72 pounds of head cheese? Yeah. No. No. Are they keeping it down? After she does that whole thing and she gets her award and her T-shirt and her picture on the wall, does she walk in the alleyway behind Big Joe's Texas Steakhouse and just stick her finger right down her throat? I, do, I, I don't know. It's. Or does she go home and just lay on that? Right. Like grabs a bag of ruffles and watches. Because like. If you like, I feel like you go home with that in your stomach. You like that's like, that's like you got to lay up for a couple of days yeah. to just let that work its way through. I mean, and, and you look at pictures of this chick; she's like kind of weirdly skinny, which would lead me to believe that the, the finger may be the option she's going yeah. after. The finger is the real winner here, right? The alley. Yeah. Is the loser. Is the real. Yeah. The raccoons behind Big Joe's. Yeah. The raccoons behind the place are the real winners. Where does the shrimp cocktail fit in? It's an odd one. It I mean, doesn't you fit, it doesn't this fit one, the meal. Where the rubber meets the road. <laughs> where the head cheese meets the road. Yeah. I wonder how much head cheese she could eat. You know, I bet that chick from last week's show in, <laughs> in Holland... <laughs> I have to put those two girls together and see what they can do. Jeez. Wow. How much head cheese they can put away between the two of them. Probably a lot. I'm going to guess. <laughs> what makes you become a professional eater? Two, when is the moment you realize, you know what? I could I'm, be a professional eater. I could do this. There's a night. There has to be a night. These people just, they're 18 or whatever, and they just ate 16 quarter pounders with cheese and like you know what maybe i can make money doing this it's kind of like porn right you never really feel good about yourself after but <laughs> i mean she made I, I, I might go back um leads to so many more questions she did win money for this i think there was a i thought she just had a free uh she it was a free meal, but she also maybe it was another one. But I mean, there there are there is money, there are accolades oh, in these course. Com- you know in these competitions, which again, it's, it's kind of like porn. You know, at some point you realize, yeah, I'm kind of good at this. I could I could do this. I'm not proud that I'm good at it, but I am, and I'm honest, and I and I kind of like doing it. Mm-hmm. You can take a lot on board. You know, I can take a lot on deck. And, and, you know, my parents aren't that stoked on it. And, and my boyfriend like, kind of thinks it's weird. But, hey, I'm making pretty good money doing it. I'm kind of getting a little bit of fame. What does the Nathan's Hot Dog Champion get? It's, it's not a lot of money. Whoever realized that professional eating was so similar to porn? Oh, God. <laughs> I like when you put the O on the end of porn, too. I think yeah. that makes it so much more fun. Like, there's porn and there's porno. Right? Yes. Which do you prefer? (laughs) (laughs) 
I think doesn't the gross, porno I doesn't think, porno sound like it's in the seventies? Yeah, that's why it's so much more fun. It's kind of less creepy when it's porno. It's kind of like cartoons. Kind of like when your dad used to say "blow weed." He goes out there blowing some weed. Yeah, dad, we're watching porno. Which sounds like a pretty good time. Yeah, blowing weed and watching porno. Wow. <laughs> And just like that, <laughs> we're away from the eating. Yeah. <laughs> the grossest eating is the the seafood. I, what I don't know what the world record is, but a couple years I saw like oysters. I mean, yeah. if you eat two hundred and fifty oh. oysters, man, <laughs> I couldn't imagine because because if that when that comes it, back that up, taking your you're body. going to pay for it. Oh, this is absolutely disturbing. The world record. For oysters, forty-six dozen in ten minutes. Jesus, can you imagine what that person's poop smelled like the next morning? <laughs> oh, God, I mean, uh. oh, this is—I I know the name. I Sonia the Black Widow. Yeah, Thomas. She's one of the. She's a famous eater. A lot of females are into it. Uh. I. The only thing I would try is popcorn. You would enter a popcorn eating. Well, contest. we tried the Capri Sun or whatever that was. Yeah, and it was kind filled. of a, that wasn't most Capri Suns consumed in a. Yeah, we tried one. It's how fast I had can three, you do and it? I thought I was going to have a diabetic episode. <laughs> three. Capri Pass Suns. that bottle over here. What do we know? We have to, based on this episode, Google wing world records. No one's setting any wing records uh, in the next few months. Yeah, right? They're hard to get a hold of. Like, we couldn't get one wing. Yeah. Not 16 dozen. World record well, wing eating. Well, our girl Molly Schuyler in January 2014 won the big wing bowl in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. She ate 363 wings. In four minutes. A wing bowl record. I got it beat. The next day, February 1st, 2014, she won the IHOP the next day. The next day. After eating 360, whatever I said, after eating all those fucking wings. Wait, where is it? <laughs> the next day, after eating 363 wings, she went to Des Moines, Idaho. Des Moines, Idaho, huh? To Not into the Iowa? Pancake Bowl and the Bacon Eating Contest at the Blue Ribbon Bacon Festival in Des Moines by eating five pounds of bacon in three minutes. Jesus. I mean, what does that do to your intestine? Five, now, I think I may be able to do five pounds of bacon in three minutes. Yeah. No, I could. No. I don't even know how. I th like, without a blender, I couldn't do Is it. This, yeah. Does this look like the girl? It says a 127-pound woman devours 501 wings in 30 minutes. What's her name? World record. It's it's spinning because we have no reception in here. Well, if it's old Molly Schuyler. I think it is Molly Schuyler. Old Molly Schuyler. There's like 500 wings in the country right now. Yeah, she would eat every single one of them in 23 <laughs> minutes. That's not going to help the uh, yeah. famine. Hey, Molly. Maybe you lay off the wings a little bit, girlfriend. <laughs> I don't know how you hit that treadmill in the morning. Yeah. I don't think she has to. I think she's hitting the, the third knuckle in the evening. <laughs> Jesus. That's awesome. I wonder what head cheese records there are. Oh. Like one bite. 
Yeah, you're done. Like, I'm not eating anymore. If you take a second bite, you're the world champion. No. I mean, I could chew on that question all night. Right. She seems pretty full of herself. <laughs> I'm starving for more information. Yeah. I don't have it for you. Let me... I'm going to have to put that one on the back burner. <laughs> Let, Let that me... simmer for a minute. Yeah. I'm going to digest all this information and see if what we come up with in the morning. Let me ruminate. <laughs> I wouldn't have the heart to do it. You I... had some heart in that head cheese, uh, though. I had some heart tonight. I, yeah, yeah. I put, I put my heart on the line and someone's chicken in my stomach. All I know is I don't want any more head from Coach Baseball. <laughs> not a good time. Uh, liver let die. <laughs> and that's going to do it. As always, thanks again for being here. I know I've said it time and time again, but you truly are the reason for the show. Sure, we enjoy getting together and trying all these great spirits and and talking and laughing. Yeah, it's a great time for us. But the reason we do it is because you are out there listening. We are producing this show for you, the Weekly Lava Lamper. So truly, 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 thank you very much for being here. Um, you know, we enjoy interacting with you guys. Sure, Coach Baseball goes above and beyond, and he sends us some surprise packages, but you don't have to do that. Just let us know you're out there listening and enjoying what we're doing. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, the Jeremy Webisodes Podcast, or go to the website, websworldwide.com, and just drop us a line to say hey, hi, and thanks for producing the show every week. Um, that would make us feel fantastic. And that's all we ask. So have fun out there. And as always, we look forward to seeing you right here next week on the Jeremy Webisodes Podcast. <laughs>